Wow. Um, so much to talk about right now in those last couple of seconds. So we have had a problem with that video every single week. This is 10, this is 10 weeks in. We redid it this last week. Joe called it, what did you call it? The Bumper from Hell. The Bumper from Hell. He uh, actually officially retitled it that, and it, I guess the, the, the remix version is what we, I guess that's what we're going to get. We're going to, well, so, and then we're singing, uh, usually, my name is Rick, by the way, believe it or not, I'm one of the pastors around here, and um, we're singing, and usually to, to sing for 20 minutes and to teach for 20 that's not really true, to teach for 30 or 35 minutes is a really hard thing to do, so I kind of, I'll sing a little bit, and I'll pray a little bit, and write a little bit in my journal, kind of connect, and then um, we're singing that song, and it just says, um, you know, not to hold back, and I'm like, okay, <clears throat> like, I didn't have any water with me, so then I'm like, I'm singing, and then my throat starts closing up, I'm like, okay, I go get my water, so I get my water, and then I'm like, okay, I gotta drink some water, I gotta be ready to teach, so I'm gonna be quiet a little bit, and then we sang this song, we're not gonna be quiet, I'm like, okay, well, that's, out. that's not an option, so if, if I just stop about 15 minutes in, you guys are gonna have to finish the message, you know, in your heads after that. Um, it's, it is so great to see you, thanks for joining us online. I'm really thankful for technology, it's this great thing, um, and uh, where people can join us online and be um, around the country, around the world. Every, people, every week, people join us from around the world. And really super thankful for Joe and for Chris, who have really helped our online con- uh, quality and content uh, get way better. So if you're, if you're going to miss a week, um, and maybe you tried it eight months ago, um, jump back in, and, and actually it's way better now than it was um, and then thankful to see faces, man. It's so good to see faces and smiles and uh, to see life in your eyes, to see how you walk across a room really helps me understand, oh, kind of this is what's going on ar- around us a little bit. So super, super thankful for that, to be a part of what's got, what God's doing around here. I'm gonna take a drink real quick. Oh. Whew. So uh, we are in this series called Mark It Up, and uh, we, our whole thought is, man, how do we help people connect with the truth of who God is and not just be solely dependent on coming to a place or hearing a speaker, even a podcast or uh, something that you go online and watch? How do we help people connect with the truth of God's word uh, in a way that, that is meaningful for them and actually plays out? Because here's what we hope. We hope that this plays out, um, not just today, but, but day after day after day of your life. If you're new around here, man, we believe that God is a big God. And we believe that he loves us and he calls us into this incredible life, uh, this life of fullness and adventure, this life where we experience hope and strength and peace in times and in circumstances where, where that might not um, be like what the circumstances are saying should be happening, but, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're experiencing that. And uh, I just wanna be really clear, man. It, if, if you went to a couple's counselor like once a week, we'll just say once a week at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, and the only time that you talked to your, to your significant other was for that hour, um, and then the, you go the rest of the week without any connection, without any conversation, without anything else, and uh, then you just come back at nine o'clock that next Sunday morning and kind of try and pick it up, would, would your relationship with your significant other get better or get worse through that time? 
It'd, be, it'd get worse, right? And I think the same thing, I don't know if you picked up on the nine o'clock Sunday morning piece, um, but I think that's, that sometimes that's what happens when we think about church. We think about this gathering, oh, sweet, I can come, I can connect with my, in my relationship with my father, and then that'll carry me through the week, and if I need some more strength, you know, hopefully that'll kind of carry me through Sunday, but man, our hope, and that's what this thing has been saying up behind me, our hope for this whole series is that together, we would fall in love with all of scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to work through it to form our truth about who God really is and who we really are. One of the great pieces of scripture just says, uh, this is my prayer, Paul says, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and depth of insight. There's this thing, as, as we begin to understand who God is, then we're drawn into a deeper connection of love with him. Does that make sense? It's like, it's, it's the truth, it's about, truth about our friends and our family and our spouses. But if we wanna love people better, we find out more about them, how, how we can love them, how can, we can serve them. And what will happen is our heart will grow. And so that's our hope for all of this series. And uh, we're rounding out. We have a couple more weeks left is all. Like I said, we're in week 10. Um, and I wanna start today just with a question. Which set of the, I'm gonna just have some characteristics. Which set of these characteristics best describes the life of a Jesus follower as you understand it? Does that make sense? When you think about being a Jesus follower, uh, which one of these lists kind of describes best what the life of a Jesus follower is? Um, Wounded, broken, weak, struggler. Or strong, courageous, faithful, victorious. Don't, don't answer out loud because it's a trick question. So I don't want you to throw yourself out there and go, oh man, Rick just set that trap for me. Because uh, the reality is, you know what the reality is? Both of these are true. And we live in such a world that, that, that's so divisive and so reactionary. Like we go, oh, if this is true, then this cannot be true. Or, oh my gosh, this. And even, I, I, love, uh, I love how we sing around here. And, and some of the songs that we sing are like heart sorrow, wounded, and broken songs. And, um, and every time we sing one of those songs, we have people that's, that come back and say, hey, um, we, you know, we're called to a life of joy in Jesus. We're called to a life, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then if we sing a, a few too many songs that are like happy, clappy, gosh, you're just ignoring a lot of pain and woundedness in this world. And what I wanna say is, and here's the funny thing, I get lots of comments not from people that come, like, like people that watch for 30 seconds and then decide they're gonna comment. Anyway, I love you guys. I'm really thankful for you guys. And you can comment all you want. I love to hear what you have to say. Uh, but I'll, I, th- I think what we have to understand is that we live in this, in this broken, wounded world. That's gonna happen to us. We're gonna, we're gonna in- encounter suffering and difficulty. And in the midst of that, we can find strength and joy. And, and uh, we're in, in this book, 2 Timothy we're gonna look at chapter two today, 2 Timothy chapter two. If you wanna turn there in your big Bible, there's one Bible right around you, or if you wanna uh, go online and do that, or we have, we made some more booklets. I heard that some people didn't get booklets last, last week. If you need one of these booklets, thanks, Sue. Um, you can just raise your hand. This is just the book of Timothy if you haven't got one yet, First uh, and Second Timothy with some notes. So just raise your hand and, and Sue will bring one down to you uh, as we're turning there. But as, as you're turning, I just want you to, I'll kind of fill us in. Last week we started Second uh, Timothy and we just said, this is the last words of Paul. This is the last letter that Paul wrote. And he knew it was gonna be his last words. He knew that, that he was getting ready to be executed. He's, he's writing from prison. So what we're gonna see um, is, is Paul sitting in prison, weak and um, under, under 
struggle and difficulty chained. And in the midst of that, he's proclaiming to Timothy, his protege, he's saying, hey, here's here's what I wanna encourage you. Here's this charge of strength and peace. Now, if you if you found it, and if you're looking in the Big Bible, all the T's towards the end of the Bible in the New Testament are all together. First uh, and Second Timothy are right together, um, and Titus is there. So, I'm just going to read from. Um, I haven't turned in mine yet, so sorry. Here we go. Second Timothy chapter two, verse one. We're just going to walk through. Usually, you know what? I'll, as I as I've studied through, there's like eight messages in this chapter. It's probably pretty typical. And so what happens is I'll begin to go, oh, what's the, very, what's the biggest thing that, that I need to hear? What's the biggest thing that I feel like God wants me to communicate? And just start paring stuff down. So we're gonna get to uh, just a little bit of this. So you then, he writes, my son, he, he has this, this relationship with Timothy, this, this spiritual father and son relationship with Timothy. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. I love how the Passion Translation puts this, puts this passage. It just says this in, um, click that next slide, would you, Michelle? Uh, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength, found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him, that's how the, the passion translation talks about it. And and when when you look at that seed that says be strong, it isn't this sense of like Timothy try harder to be strong. I told that story a couple of times about a junior high track meet I was at one time, and this guy uh, was falling way behind, laps behind, and um, this woman I, I I just assume it was his mom just is on the on the fence just yelling him run faster run faster as this guy's like struggling to make, make his fourth time around the track. And I'm just thinking, do you think he didn't think about that? <laughs> right? And I, so I think sometimes we think that that's, when, as, we, as we come to church, we kind of like, uh, gosh, the last thing I want you to feel like is I'm standing out here just going, run faster, right? Like, like Paul saying, be strong. That, that actually, that, that has the connotation of this, of like receive strength in the grace of Jesus. Not just grit your teeth and try real hard to be stronger, but what Paul's saying is receive the strength that comes from the truth and the reality of the grace of Jesus. And so as we walk through these next three things, these, these, this next probably, I don't know, maybe 10 verses we'll get to, we're gonna, we're gonna answer three questions. Where is it? Where is the strength? Why should I seek it, and how do I get it? Those are the questions I hope that we're gonna be answering today. Where is it? Why is it important that I have it, and how do I get it? Because Paul is, again, he's writing his last words to his protege, and the last thing he would wanna do is just like, man, Timothy, just try a lot harder and just leave it there. He wants this to take root in Timothy and actually like start moving Timothy towards a direction. Uh, why do we need to be strong? Where is it? Why do, we, why do we need it? And how do we get it? So this first question, where is it? And it, it, 
It's a big answer. It's a simple answer. And it's right here in verse one. That is in Christ Jesus. Underline that, that phrase, in Christ Jesus. It's one of Paul's favorite phrases. Throughout the writings of Paul, he wrote about a little over half the New Testament. Um, he uses that phrase, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. This is not the version that I memorized. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. He says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. It's this, this theme throughout Paul's writing. And sometimes I think we can get that and, and not really get it. That's a, that's a pretty powerful thing. In Christ, what, is that, what does that actually mean? It's actually this really powerful, big picture. In Christ Jesus means in full fellowship with him in all ways. Like, like moment to moment understanding that, that I am in, connected in a fellowship relationship with the God of the universe. Now, um, now that's a pretty big thing. And here's this great thing. When, when we talk about this message playing itself out on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday, it's, it's simply for this reason because the more we understand, oh, wait, I am in fellowship with Jesus fully and powerfully right here on this random Tuesday, right in the middle of this different conference call, right in the middle of when, when my internet's going down, right when I'm supposed to be on, a, on doing this, or right as I'm looking at my schedule, wondering how in the world I'm gonna hold everything together in those moments. Yes, in those moments, we're in full connection and fellowship with Jesus. And, and really, friends, the goal of the, of the Christ-following life is to say, man, can I, can I do that for one more minute yet tomorrow than than I could do it today. Like, can I, can I live fully in the understanding of the, of the presence and power of God in my life a little bit more tomorrow than I, than I can today? That, that's where it's found. Now, now, why should we seek it? Why is it important? Well, Paul begins to to lay out this idea of spiritual legacy. He, he began to kind of sow seeds last week about spiritual legacy. He was like, man, he calls Timothy my dear son. And he said, this, this, this stuff, this gift that once was in your grandmother and your mother and now is in you also, just begins to kind of lay out this legacy, paints this really powerful picture. And he says, and, and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who are qualified to teach others also. Um, this, this is a picture of four generations. Uh, this is, don't be jealous of my hand lettering and my graphic design skills right behind me. Um, let's just follow this along. So this first circle was Paul, and he's talking to Timothy, and then he's talking about, Timothy, you build into reliable and qualified men who will teach others also. He's talking about this, this beautiful thing uh, this, this multiplication, this idea of discipleship, and really, ultimately, we're gonna get to this idea that every one of us needs to be in relationships with people on both sides of us. The Christ-following life is this disciple, 
making life, this, li- this life where, we're, where people are pouring into us and we're pouring into them. We all fit in our own little place in that thing. And God is always about multiplication because multiplication is powerful. And you guys maybe have seen this, right? If someone offered you a million dollars today or a penny today, two pennies tomorrow, and double it every day for the rest of this month for 30 more days, uh, what would you take? Yeah, it'd be easy to kind of say, oh, the million dollars, and, or maybe some of you guys already know where we're going, or that's go, oh, wait, 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 there's power. He just said there's power in multiplication. There's prob- that's probably connected to what he's talking about now. Yeah, so after like seven days, one person would have a million dollars buying his house, buying his boat, paying off his debt. The other person has like a dollar sixty-four, um, and maybe thinking, oh, did I make the right choice? But after 30 days, right, it's five million, and, and, and this five million three hundred twenty-eight thousand seven hundred nine dollars and 12 cents is just the payout for day 30. Plus, you have everything else that you got be, leading up to that. God is always about multiplication, and we find it in the scripture a lot of times. There's, there'll be times when Jesus becomes really popular, and, and people start coming and flocking to him, and, and he'll have this pretty significant teaching, like this pretty harsh teaching at times, where he'll, he'll just send people away, which seems really strange. If you wanted to have a great impact, don't you think you want to have a lot of people around you? And what Jesus understood, what he wants us to understand is, man, you know, it's way better for me. To build, into these, to build into these 12 people and, and particularly to build in powerful into these three people because I know the hope of the gospel exists in this connection, of this relational connection of discipling. We'll look at, at these four generations again and I just want you to think, man, we'll, just put, we'll put you, uh, we'll put us all in like the, the Timothy slot and I want you to ask this, this question like, who, who is Paul to me? And, and who has God put in my world to be, these, to be these other people who will, will then teach these other people? Maybe you want to draw those circles even in your notebook and then begin to just write, you put your name in there and begin to put other people's names maybe in those slots. And, and I would just say this, uh, I, I did a different font. This is like my handwriting font. This is not really my handwriting. Um, maybe, maybe you just need to write next to that note, like find a discipler. If, if, you, if you look at that first circle, that Paul circle, and go, man, I don't know if I really have. I might have a few people kind of casually kind of doing this in my life, helping me in my relationship with Jesus, but, but I, don't, I don't know if I actually have somebody doing that for me. And then realize, identify your disciples. And, and here's, what that, here's what that means. We all have some. We, all of us have people that, that are living their life um, in the wake of our example. Does that make sense? Um, to some degree or another. And the question is, man, what are they getting from us? So we, I can identify those people and go, oh man, how in the world can I live a life that, that will actually lead to them finding real life. And here's this great thing. You, this, isn't, this isn't something for like, um, you know, 400 level Christians. 
for Christians that are like, at a, at, oh man, yeah, you've gone through this and you've gone through that and you're a leader and you kind of know the Bible. You can, you know, you can find the books of the Bible without looking at the index. You, know, you can put whatever that looks like. That has nothing to do with any of this. this you know what the reality is? If, if, if you're here today and you, you are just trying to figure out who Jesus is, you, you can fit in this, in this spot. There's some people in your life maybe that are one step ahead of you in, the, in that process. 